recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We also like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, thoughts on news of the day, or something completely different. And this is something completely different. We are at the end of June 2020, to put a definite definitive timestamp on this episode, and we figured it's generally time where you kind of go over some of the best films of the year so far. But we wanted to change that up a bit, given how everything's kind of shaken out, given the COVID-19 pandemic, the lack of, say, summer movie season, the lack of a lot of releases in general. And we figured the, to best kind of encapsulate what's we've, some of what we've seen in the year, uh, we wanted to bring in a ringer, someone that has seen you know a little bit more this year, and go through what we want to call... The uh, and we'll get to our guests, but the the way too early Academy Awards and joining us to do that to kind of be the the main key in this factor is our guest here from FirstShowing.net from Deutschland. It's Alex Billington. Ja, hello, wie geht's, my friend? Sehr gut, Alex, danke. wow, you sound so <laughs> German. <laughs> ja, ich ich bin ein um, ich bin ein Berliner. Nein. Gut, gut. Uh, hello, also. I'm I'm doing good. How are you? From, the, from the, the lands of another realm. The land of chocolate, I hear. Yeah, and and uh, sausage and um, <laughs> potatoes. And yeah, I will tell you, these so these this cliches are this. true. <laughs> Do they say sausage in German or do they say bratwurst? Oh, but, they say first, right? right? Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> sausage sounds like such an American word to come up with. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> anyway, glad you're here, Alex. our German audience. They're, they're all yeah, no, thank you. They're like, sausage? Ugh. <laughs> glad glad to hear you how are, how are you doing i'm doing okay surviving yeah best i can all right <laughs> that that's become a very regular and acceptable answer alex no i mean it's not meant to be jokey although it, no, it kind of comes yeah. across that way but like both 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 in the sense of i don't have the virus but also in the sense of uh i'm kind of trying to keep my website going you know not not hoping it dies on me sometimes so I mean, as long as there's new trailers for Greenland, I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to get by. That was probably the most traffic we've had in uh, Boom, a couple see? months. <laughs> Don't deny the butler. That's what I said. I know. I, 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 well, I kept wondering, is it, but, is it butler they're coming to watch this trailer for, or is it the comet? I don't know. <laughs> Just the massive appeal for Greenland is what I assume. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay. It's a safe haven for when the zombie apocalypse, uh, you know, breaks out. I mean, that that is literally the plot of Greenland. <laughs> You know that, right? They. I had the, no idea. No, I was just pretty much. Oh no, like, they, it seems they, like cause like I, people's plans. Yeah, because I kept wondering, like, why are they calling this Greenland? My my initial thought was like, oh, maybe the comet is like nicknamed Greenland. No, actually, there's a bunker in Greenland that yeah. Gerard Butler and his family is trying to get to. Got it. Okay. Well, now I now you piqued my interest. I might head over to firstsharing.net to go check it out. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you. Give me that click. I, I appreciate it. That'll buy me a loaf of bread here next week. <laughs> All right. So getting back to the swing of things here, we're gonna go. We're gonna have what's basically a midway Academy Awards featuring films that that Alex Billington has been able to see, as well as films that I've seen. I've seen a number of things as well, based off uh, streaming and everything. But Alex, you've certainly gone to film festivals and, and what have you to you know get a, a good amount of film viewing in, despite what may not be released even this year at this point. But uh, Abe, you want to go more into what we're doing today? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for that. Uh, we're going to be going over, uh, we're basically going to be having Alex and Aaron's Way Too Early Academy Awards here. And again, like what Aaron mentioned, this will be for movies that may have come out this year, will still probably still, will still come out this year. 
but also will likely be pushed to 2021 or even later. Um, and because Alex, you've been so uh, you've been very fortunate to go to Sundance and you've been to maybe some other uh, local film festivals and maybe seen some other additional screeners like Aaron. What we want to do is we want to basically just have you uh, have like a fun conversation show about uh, these Academy Awards. So we'll go into the top five categories of the Academy Awards here and you can name your runner up and the winner of those categories and be forewarned listeners. I and Aaron will probably never have seen these movies either, but <laughs> it's going to be fascinating just to hear what Alex comes up with for some of these and also Aaron. So we certainly want to make sure that uh, we have like a fun rambunctious show uh, that, that covers an Academy Awards that is not going to happen um, or at least is going to look very different from our traditional Academy Awards. So we'll go into Best Supporting Actress and Actor, um, Best Director, and then Best Picture. And we'll also have any category that you want to come up with, including Honorary Oscar, after those. And uh, But beyond that, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll, we'll also have a discussion about film festivals and what Alex misses, but that's going to come up in uh, probably like a minute and a half. <laughs> Here we go. Start, start that countdown clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, Rambunctious is my tarantula's middle name, so you know we're really on the on the right page right now. What? Seriously? Mr. Rambunctious cool. Dent? He's a professor. I'll have you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're gonna do here. Um, Any show notes? Uh, show notes. I mean, you know, the standard stuff. iTunes reviews, ratings. Good to get those. It helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for out now if they're in name. You can do that. Not that hard. It pops up. I think we're still in the category of you can type out now and a space bar and maybe a, and it'll come up right away. So like you don't even have to do most of the work to get to our page. I like how iTunes. you I like how you put in the the N sound too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get you pretty close because there's you know our show is pretty good in that regard and there's not too many things with the words out now in it. So then it comes up and guess yes. what? There's a list of our shows. A and list you know of all the happened? crazy content. Yeah, you the listeners exactly. And you, the listeners, could do even more by getting onto that page and saying, you know what, I'm going to click the star rating, and I'm going to maybe write a little review. Yeah. So that'd be great. Great. Thank you so much in advance. Yeah. And uh, that's it. The, the only other thing, we have a Jaws commentary coming. It's going to be super fun. I'm very excited to do that, because Jaws is amazing. Um, so stay tuned for that one for the month of July. And uh, yeah, some other things in the works as far as episodes we could do might not be too movie focused, but in some other realms. And uh, I think it should be some some, some fun content. So uh, be prepared. And, like yeah. Scar, yeah. Exactly, just like Scar. Not yeah. to tell Edgy for his version. He doesn't sing, but be the other. Be Got that he doesn't sing in in the new Lion King. He, yeah, he does like spoken word poetry, and it's like, why didn't you just sing the song? And then Jeremy Irons. You can't be Hamlet when you're trying to be. Hamlet. He's a Shakespearean <laughs> trained actor. He could be Hamlet all he wants to. I'd watch no. Chewie tell Edgy for his Hamlet. <laughs> no, no, because uh, is it uh, is it King based off of is it Hamlet or is it based off of a different? Shakespeare? It's not based specifically off of, but there's certainly a lot of Hamlet. A lot of parallels. In it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, like like uh, when like when Nala dies, just like Ophelia, it's really tragic. <laughs> she throws herself kidding. off a cliff. Oh, this got dark. Oh, did it? I'm sorry. That's not the vibe of 2020. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. So are we, are we jumping into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right. Everybody, welcome to the way too early Academy Awards. Uh, we are going to be going over a various, uh, a lot of categories here. But the first thing first is, Alex, what film festivals have you gone to this year? And I guess... 
the follow-up question to that is, what do you miss about film festivals? And Aaron, feel free to chime in with things that you've been to as well. Sure. Yeah, Aaron, what have you been to as well? <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to much because I don't generally go to film festivals. The closest I could say would be the Newport Beach Film Festival, which was delayed till August, and that's mainly in support of my lovely girlfriend. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> with that. Do you still go to Comic Con? Uh, I haven't been to Comic Con in two years, but I mean, Comic Con's at home this year, so I'll be yeah, online or something. I don't know. <laughs> now I'll probably be able to go to a Comic Con. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was actually wondering when they announced that. I was like, are they going to make you queue online for two days to get into the virtual Hall H panel? I'm pretty sure I made a tweet <laughs> somewhere really... along those lines. Yeah. They really want to make sure that you still have the the full experience. I'll say I'll say this. The vendors that generally go to Comic-Con, they've released some of their stuff early since there's not a Comic-Con. So it's like, I guess we'll just put this online. So I've gotten some cool Godzilla toys. Woo woo! <laughs> Good to hear. Um... Answering the question, uh, no, I uh, this year I've been to Sundance and the Berlin Film Festival. Those are the only two that uh, happened. Mm-hmm. And um, strangely, I don't remember anything during Sundance. It wasn't even a discussion. I remember reading about it in China in the news in January. Um, although I think it was last month, there was a big article in the trades about uh, like, oh, maybe it started at Sundance too. Um, and then Berlin, though, which was in uh, end of February, it was on everyone's mind then. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it, it was one of these things where not only was everyone like, I hope we're not going to get sick by going to this, but also, um, thank goodness we kind of snuck this festival in before everything got canceled. Because basically, as soon as Berlin Ali ended, which was like March 1st, I think was the last day of the festival, it was immediately like everything started shutting down. You know, uh, this was right around when No Time to, to Die delayed, which was then like the signifier of like everything is going to stop. And um, from that point forward, it was like, well, nope, nothing's going to happen. And the only other one I've done is Annecy, the the animation festival. It's usually in France. Um, it's yeah. just happening now. It's just about to end called the Annecy Film Festival. And um, it's 100% animation based and they're great. It's a great festival. It's all like focused on animation for animation nerds. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did an online version this year. Uh, And some of my problem with online, which is a whole other, we could do a whole other podcast about online film festivals. Um, But one of my problems is that a lot of them have been like, oh, we'll do an online film festival, but we're going to geoblock the access to the people only in this city, which I think is like totally against what the whole point of a film festival is but i understand that they're doing it because it's like a legal limitation they have to um so and you're saying, think... so people could fly into the city and get a hotel and be a part of the film festival like they normally well would? They just no but well, i'm home? saying i'm saying that's originally how festivals are i mean that's literally what the right. point of a festival is, is you fly and you have to go to that festival um and i get it which is like okay they're geoblocking for that reason but the point is like you know i can live from here and go to the film festival but i, I can't do that when it's geoblocked online and and it's just it's a little bit like restricting in an extreme way because it's not like geoblock to an entire country. It's like geoblock to, you know, the city, which is just like, ugh, whatever. Oh, that is kind of yeah. particular. Couldn't they yeah, like well, sell a certain number of like screener tickets or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm worried about having to do one of those festivals because like to to it's basically like comic con like you queue online mm-hmm. to get a quote unquote spot in the the 100 seats at the screening online and then it happens at a certain time and like for me that could be at midnight you know and for someone else that could be at 
the afternoon and it's just and you know what if my internet goes out then i can't watch this movie in another time like it's gonna be crazy but um annecy had a similar problem where i thought all of their films were gonna be online and they had like seven or eight competition films and then i went to go start watching them last week and i was like oh great i'm really excited to watch these and half of them are only 10 minute clips and only after the festival started did I find that memo where they're like, oh, sorry, we couldn't get the rights to show all of them online. So you can only watch Qua? these ones. Yeah. And, and the rest of them, they're like, oh, we only have 10 minute clips. So only if you're in the jury could you watch all of the, the competition films. But yeah. for everyone else, all you can see is like three of them. And then the rest of them are just 10 minute clips. And that's it. And it, it was a bit frustrating. And. You know, I try talking to the PR people and they're like, you have to ask your local PR people. My local PR people were like, no. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that what I this basically leads into what I miss about film festivals, which is I miss going to them. <laughs> I miss everything about the film yeah. festival experience, which is it's 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 everything in the sense of the buzz and excitement about it. And also the buzz and excitement about not only being there, but the but like this is where. Uh, something will happen for example the Cannes Film Festival that right that kind of was like the beginning of the award season more so than the fall because you know Parasite being last year's example of that came out of Cannes um and and I also just miss the the excitement of hanging out with film people which I know doesn't I, I guess to be honest it's not that exciting <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying what are you some of these some of these people are a little sketchy but uh oh. <laughs> no. Nah. Um uh I just mean like my good friends. It's it's right. kind of like the old, you know, hey, we finally get to catch up in this town and we always come here every year and and also just the the the, the coolness of like getting out of a film and chatting about it over wine in France and you know, that whole feeling is just gone now. Um and even if we all watch a film together like on, on a virtual screener, it's just not the same. And there's just not those like lively discussions that happen. There's not the de- you know the, the debates and the and I really think that the other thing that matters at a, at, with film is the way you experience a film matters. And I know this is an endless debate with film critics, um, but with festivals, I think that's part of the experience because in addition to the buzz, it's like the the queuing is actually part of it. Like the, you have to queue for the new Tarantino movie for two hours, and then you have to get a good seat, and then you have to. Um, you know, be with everyone else in this giant theater and enjoy it and hope that it's good. And and that part of the experience matters. To, Whereas I've been watching, yeah. To speak to an opposing side, if anything, I'm not saying I completely buy into this, but yeah. by, by taking away that ha- aspect of it, there could be a sort of removing the festival glow from certain films or films that otherwise don't really deserve the praise they get, and that's subjectively speaking, they might not get it because there's not this kind of uniqueness to the situation that it's being screened, and it's being screened for the movie it is, and that's it. And so the, some movies that maybe do quite fly into the high heights that some may give it just because they saw it at a film festival don't actually you know, excel to that point. Yeah, I agree, actually. Um, this is why it's an it's a endless debate, is uh-huh. that... On one hand, I agree with that, but I also agree with the the a similar point, which is that the extreme can happen in the opposite direction too. Sure, like you can get people who just trash a film because they they had this like ability to sit down and pick it apart in a way that they didn't during a festival, or like you said, they can love something that doesn't deserve the praise, or they can just kind of like stuff gets lost in the mix easily without everyone kind of focusing on one film or another, or 
Um, the other more common thing that happens, this is both when there are film festivals and when there aren't, is is the like groupthink mentality on something. Yeah. Like we all get out of the tree of life, and and if you don't love the tree of life as much as every other critic, then don't you dare say something about it, you know? Um, and online, what I've been noticing with these online film festivals the last few months is that there's a good mix of different opinions, but there's no longer um, the one that floats to the top kind of buzz. Um, like I'm trying to think there was there was this one film festival that happened in I think it was May or maybe it was April. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name. It was some town in America in like Ohio or something. And it was one of these film festivals that, like, I've never heard of before this year. Uh, and they did a great online festival, and tons of people covered it. It was like a horror festival or something, or a genre festival. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember that being a great example of, like, this can actually be used well. And there were, like, two films from that festival that kind of broke out because uh, they screened there, and everyone saw them and loved them. And I was like, this is an example of it working well. Um, Nightmare Fest? No. Why I should have looked this up in advance, but um, <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot here. No, no, it was just my memory sucks right now, and I I forget what it was. It was also just strange because it was one of these we'd never heard of it before, and the PR person whoever runs the fest pulled off the slickest move ever in establishing it. I even remember people tweeting like, "This is gonna put this festival on this map in a major way." <laughs> wow. Now I'm curious what it is. When you remember, feel free yeah, to, yeah. Feel free to no, tag I, us or I, something. I, I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I just miss the 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 excitement of going somewhere and being a part of that crowd and that buzz as it happens. And right. um, you can fill in the blank with a lot of things beyond film festivals of that logic. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I do think a lot of people miss being able to go out and do something. So. Yeah, no, but, I I mean, no, but on that topic though, I mean, I, I do, I definitely know what you mean by being a part of that buzz because I do love when I listen to other podcasts and the hosts are, they come back from Venice or they come back from uh can and they're just like, you know, this movie is going to win best picture. And I'm like, Oh wow. You've really set a high bar here. And I, like what you said, when all the talking heads are, are sort of more aligned in it as well, then yeah, of course it's going to generate a lot of buzz. We talked about this, I think with the, I forget who we talked with Aaron, but we were talking about um something like the farewell. And it's like, you know, without these film festivals, might have been with you, Alex, uh, earlier this year. Um, well, that'd be last. If it was a farewell, it'd be like last year, maybe. Um, yeah. I know we were talking about uh, to Scott Menzel about it too. About the yeah. Farewell. Well, I remember I was talking about saying, um, you know, without some of these film festivals, I might not see something like the farewell, or might have not have gotten the the release that it did get. Um, because of the buzz that it was getting from festival circuits. Yeah, that's the other thing. To counter my own point, it's like, it, regardless of whether or not someone likes a movie and puts that into the stratosphere in that regard or tries to trash it, there is a tension that comes to certain filmmakers that otherwise wouldn't get it, like you're saying. And mm-hmm. regardless of what the opinion is, the chance for something like that to break out and allow many other people to have the opportunity to see something that's clearly special to the filmmaker, which you can say about most films and any filmmaker, but that, you know, having something unique spread out and have the chance to have a lot of eyes on it, that, that means a lot to, you know, mm-hmm. plenty. Yeah. yeah. Totally. This, this, I just figured out the name of this one, the Chattanooga Film Festival. Oh yeah. That Chattanooga. Was, that was my second guess. Yeah, it was um, it was big this year. It was in May, I think. It was uh, I remember reading tons of coverage and like that. It's but this is exactly what good festivals can be used for is that that kind of discovery and that kind of um, 
bring attention to these films. And I, I mean, part of the other reason I'm I'm missing film festivals now is exactly what this whole podcast is about. Is just just like I need new films, <laughs> and a lot of what <laughs> what they're what they're like putting out now is just junk or even like like um, Baby Teeth, which is one of my favorite films of last year is a film from last year, which is finally coming out now this year. And it's really hard to get anyone interested in it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to keep watching all these films that are coming up. And I've just like, aside from the few Netflix drops, I'm like, yeah, there's not a lot to be excited about. Hey, I wrote 550 words on baby teeth. And so that guarantees at least one more person's excited. <laughs> well, about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, um, I think it's because we have nothing else to do every weekend. We're like, what is the VOD release of the week? <laughs> we'll give it some extra attention. I mean, that's yeah, literally what I, I do. I, I write reviews. We're planning. Yeah. I, my, my posts are literally like five reviews of VOD releases coming out that week. Like, so yeah. like... Well, Alex, uh, it sounds like you miss a lot about the festivals. And do you have an indication of, I guess, how well the, the online film festivals will be run in the future? I mean, a few of them look like they're successes. A few of them look like they're they're giant messes. Uh, not to say not nothing against the the the, um, the folks orc- uh, orchestrating them, but it's kind of just more of um, you know this seems like it's gonna be a new normal for for a little bit of time now. Yeah, and i i had I had high hopes that Annecy would have been a great example of like, look, we can put everything online and it'll do well, and then even that has its problems. So now, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that it's. A possibility there's rumors that with toronto in the fall that um and venice that they're going to do online screeners for press and uh maybe local events for local people yeah and i find that interesting because that's going to be the ultimate test of you know can you handle 3,000 online press you know how is that going to work and uh what will actually happen with that kind of festival that has that kind of clout because right. Sundance and Berlin were the first biggest ones this year. Those are done. Cannes hasn't happened. So the next two biggest festivals are Toronto and Venice. Um, and will they, it's not only success, but what, like, as you said, how will they play out with this kind of structure and system? Um, and, and just, I don't know. Just, it's just a matter of seeing what will happen. There's, there's also rumors that like Sundance next year might be canceled still. Um, mm. And that's what scares me is it's like, I understand how impossible it is to have a festival where thousands of people come in and sit in small enclosed rooms for hours on end, um, and you can't make that safe. But how do you recreate and and redo these events in a safe way? That's that's a tough challenge, I guess. A lot of Bavarian pretzels and uh, beer, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I'm all for that. That's the solution to a lot of problems, though. <laughs> With like a you know a really good like beer cheddar dipping sauce. Why yeah. is my Wi-Fi working? Let's just sit down, have a pretzel and a beer, figure it out. <laughs> Wait a minute, is there an avalanche coming down now? Let's just sit down, have a pretzel and a beer. We'll look up at the mountain and see what's going on. We'll figure it out. Exactly. Look to the look to the stars is what Mufasa told to Simba. <laughs> Am I hallucinating stars? Let's just sit down, have a pretzel and a beer, and I can figure it out. That's gonna be the hashtag for this week: pretzel and a beer. Um. Alex, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for your insight on that. And hopefully you get back to the festival circuit uh, pretty quickly because, you know, as much as you need content, we also love to have guests that have content. So, um, but <laughs> well, I've been, we'll... I've, I've, the ironic thing is I've been watching a crap load of films. They're just not new films. 
Yeah. Like, I, I could talk I a lot about, about cinema, that. but not 2020 cinema. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been revisiting a lot of fun stuff. Aaron and I talk about this all the time, too. So, um, With all that, though, let's dive into the Way Too Early Academy Awards here. The first category of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, is Best Supporting Actor. Alex, who are your runner? who is your runner-up and who is your winner? Actually, I'd like to actually hear your runner-up, and then I'd like to hear Aaron's runner-up. And you guys can both talk about your winners as well, respectively. This is... Okay, so the supporting categories are controversial because um, I never know if uh, it's truly a supporting or lead role <laughs> or not. I'll, I'll yell at you if you're wrong. <laughs> well, but but also I don't have a lot of choices. I'll full, okay, but while we start these Academy Awards, I'm going to give my opening speech. My opening speech is that is this really freaking hard to choose films right now? Because even stuff I've seen that was good, I don't feel confident enough in the performance or the aspects of it to, to give it a way too early Academy Award. <laughs> So I've struggled to produce uh, a list of reputable choices. <laughs> I'm, uh, but I'm, my, I'm, ha- I'm happy with my picks. Well, I know. I'm, I'm more excited to hear yours than I am to hear mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Confidence uh, is key. My, my opening uh, runner-up for Best Supporting Male is uh, Orion Lee in First Cow. Um, Good pick. Because I love First Cow. So. Good pick. I like that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I think Aaron, you've mentioned it a few times on the show too. For a good reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we'll we'll hear a lot more about first cow. <laughs> um, All yeah, right, Lee, that's your run up. Okay, Aaron, who's your runner up for best supporting actor? I think Alex might like this one. My runner up is Udo Kier in Baccarat. Yeah, I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is the perfect kind of supporting performance to me, as far as. He's in it just enough that it's like, yeah, it's not a lead role by any means. He's being very off kilter, especially because there's not really a understanding of why things are happening the way they are. They just kind of, he just kind of exists in this movie as it kind of takes a shift. Uh, Background is a pretty wild movie, by the way. I I recommend it's a, it's a, um, I guess it's 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 in Portuguese, but uh, it's in a kind of fictional location, Uh, Mm -hmm. Brazilian Portuguese, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Udo Kier has a small role in that film that kind of takes it to a different level in terms of a genre, and I enjoy that performance. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I'm I, excited. I'm gonna write that down on my to watch list. I'm I'm actually kind of happy that Baccarat has um, been given this second life this year. It played like mediocrely last year at festivals, and then this year when it opened, I think it was like April, right? Yeah. Um, and they did the whole virtual cinema thing, and it, it like I remember everyone talking about. It. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like, I'm glad this strange genre mix Brazilian thing has this like crazy love for it, because it is so freaking it's unique in the, what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what you think it is at the start is not what it is at the end, and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even know. Fascinating. Uh, Alex, with that, who is the winner for best supporting actor this year? Well, this is my controversial one because I don't know. I'm going to get yelled at by Aaron right now. Um, does Delroy Lindo count as, as supporting or is he's he lead? lead? He's Ooh, the lead. I, I no! He's lead. There are five leads. <laughs> I mean, he's a, your he, argument is, is valid. He has a majority of the screen time. The arcs focuses around his character. I mean, it's... I think the art focuses around all of the characters. Thank you. I, I would, it is the, I would, the I, five bloods, not the one blood. I, 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 would, I would argue that he and Clark Peters are lead, and, and Isaiah Washington, or Isaiah Whitlock, Isaiah Washington, Isaiah Whitlock, and um, oh, the, the, um, 
The other, yeah. the other blood. Jonathan Majors or, or the no, other no, no. guy? Um, Norm oh, Lewis. The, Norm yeah, Lewis. The, I, I think, yeah. I think they're significantly less, and I think that very much shows. But I, I believe. Okay, they're... fine, fine. Then I'll, then I'll flip it to Isaiah Whitlock in, in the five. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, he finally wins his Oscar. She. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna say yeah. I, I, I can, I can hear his acceptance speech now. He's very emotional. It's exceptional. Oh, everyone is on their feet for two minutes. Yeah, They're like, sure. hey, wow, this is Isaiah Whitlock Jr.'s first Academy Award nomination and his first win. He is so happy. He's, He's doing the worm on the stage. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's inviting all the five bloods up. Oh, this is an incredible <laughs> moment. Yeah, we're never going to forget this. This is better we, than the real Academy Awards. I yeah, we you. then cut to commercial uh, <laughs> at an inopportune time because they've, they've also not given Isaiah Whitlock Jr. enough time to talk. Uh, Aaron, who is your winner for Best Supporting Actor? My winner is Zorian Eklior from The Platform. Oh, oh dang! Dang! <laughs> a movie that we what reviewed a... here. Yeah. Uh, um, he's he's the, um, the old man who our main character first meets during this whole thing in The Platform, and I think the... I, I think he does a, a great job uh, making a very memorable performance. Obviously, this is not this is yes. yeah this is the obvio guy, right? Obvi- yes. Yeah, obvio guy. <laughs> Hello. This is good. This is I was actually considering Academy the Award nomination for Zorian Eguilor, and his first Academy Award win. He comes up on the stage. He's very emotional as well. He speaks 100% in Spanish, and everyone <laughs> loves it. You cut to Antonio Banderas, who's crying. <laughs> About this, <laughs> the the Academy Awards then shifts over to him, and he says some wonderful things about international films and why it's important for you to watch international films. He gives a shout out to Bong Joon Ho for being a trailblazer in that, and then they cut to commercial. I like this D and D approach Abe has to the Academy Awards. We're going with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, and we come back after a performance from Lady Gaga, and now we go into Best Supporting Actress. Alex Billington, who is the runner-up in Best Supporting Actress? I don't. This is this is my challenge category. I don't have. Uh, I don't know what to choose. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I chose two, which are not actually supporting, but I'm gonna split them and call them both supporting as both the runner-ups and the. <laughs> I'm I'm breaking every rule in the rule book here. I like it. There, there are no rules here, Alex. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna get kicked off well, this my, podcast in five minutes if I don't do it right. A, a lead. Um, well, I, the the two ladies from um, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always is my pick. Because actually, uh, I know the main woman is obviously it's her story, um, and I like her performance more. But uh, I like both of them equally because they uh, they um, it's their their connection and their uh, performances together play off of each other, and they also know the story. That's Talia Ryder and Sydney Flanagan. Are there names they're real names okay because I, I i honestly like was looking through a lot of my favorites of this year and i'm like none of the supporting actresses stand out enough for me to truly feel they deserve a way too early academy awards so i'm not sure i'm glad you're using so the full title Aaron, but you <laughs> well this uh, the academy award is trademarked to uh, a different organization here so i have to use the untrademarked Way too early Academy Awards name. Yeah, especially because this is a premium podcast. We're, we're totally going to get into a giant legal fight. <laughs> you never know, man. The Academy might be super angry. 
They're yeah, gonna come knock on your doors. It's probably not helping that I'm using only Rolling Stone songs to edit the different intros <laughs> between segments. <laughs> well, Aaron, who is your uh, best supporting actress? Uh, Alice and Janney in Bad Education. Alice oh yeah, Janney. man, that works. That works. It, it's a solid supporting performance. Alice and Janney is yeah. a good actress. Uh, it, it very much informs how that movie, you know, takes different directions. So I, I think it really works. This is, if the next category is what I assume, then um, I'll cycle back to this bad education conversation. Okay. Okay. like it. Alex, who is the winner of this year's Way Too Early Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor? Or Best act, best Supporting Actress. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have, this is my point. I'm, I'm, I'm taking both of these ladies. Oh, as, you're taking both I, of them. Oh, well, I forgot to do the whole both, time. They come on the stage like together. Leads. They're both co-leads, which all... all this is all, a first for the Way Too Early Academy Awards. <laughs> we have two winners in the category for Best Supporting Actors. They both come on stage. They're both very pleased. They have no speeches prepared. And they're just going off the cuff. They're just naming everybody from the movie. And, and, and they forget the director. And they forget to thank their parents. The, the, the camera cuts away to all these people just like laughing you know Meryl Streep is just like laughing and enjoying it she's giving them a thumbs up Tom Hanks is giving them a thumbs up it's fantastic they're they're guided off the stage it's ecstatic it's a wild moment beautiful Aaron who is your winner for best supporting actress say this right Catronelle Marlin from the Whistlers dang man you I didn't even know you seen these movies Aaron These are, uh, these are literally the two ones I was like, hmm, should I put these on the list? I don't know if anyone will know these movies. And you're like, well, I'm going to happen to name these. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the benefit of this time, of, I mean, I saw this before in the in the, the pre-Bloodshot era, but I mean, there's a lot of yes. like independent and foreign films coming out. So it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of keep those in mind as opposed to some of the more mainstream stuff, especially since either the mainstream stuff was canceled or just not the best of the mainstream stuff since it's early in the year um but i mean i I really like this movie a lot because it's this fun neo-noir uh that has a lot it's a lot of like i can look at it as like a i don't know like a seven early 70s late 60s new wavy kind of thing that happens to be from romania at Mm -hmm. the same time there's a lot of Soderbergh in this movie as far as how it's kind of set up and um like in a cool factor or like cool like in a to an extent but like more in like a how it's kind of framed i guess there's a lot of like edits to perspective and flashbacks and that kind of thing and i think it really works in the film's favor and yeah you have you have a few le- i was there's a couple performances in there because one is the, the the main character's mother um is very funny because she's just the mm-hmm. old woman that's trying to deal with the situation and the other character is like the, the like the femme fatale type for a for a noir and I think it really wor- it it makes the movie work as far as how it has to navigate these different areas. I think the the Whistlers is really good as far as what it's yeah. doing. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So you know it works. It works out. The great news is that she is so shocked that she has been nominated and won. She doesn't get out of her seat for like ten <laughs> seconds. Bradley Cooper comes over to her, takes her by the arm, and escorts her. Everyone loves this moment. He escorts her up to the stage. He then stands back far enough away not a jackson main style where he pees his pants uh he stands back and she accepts the award she speaks to her romanian counterparts and to all the other actors and actresses nominated who we don't know uh and (laughs) she then gracefully exits uh in tears we cut to commercial (laughs) we are now back after a performance by uh led zeppelin 
Um, we then get into surprise performance. They yes, honorary music Oscar because we we like to support those guys. Um, we then get to the best actor <laughs> category. Alex Billington, who is your runner up for best actor? Well, here we go. Now I'm gonna circle back around. My runner up is Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. Mm. Um, and I really love this film. It fucking rocks, as sad as it is. <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of like a tragic comedy and that it's like yeah, very really, much so. really tragic, but but built in with this dry, good, dark humor. Um, and Hugh Jackman, I think, is is just fantastic in it. Um, really, really, really takes on this role. And the reason I want to talk about it for uh, two minutes is that um, it's one of these films that uh, is not actually eligible for regular The Academy because it's an HBO release. Mm-hmm. And every year they seem to scoop up one or two of these highly acclaimed festival films. And every year I get into a debate with some TV critic who's like, but the Emmys matter too. And I'm like, Yoda is a... Is a dude, I don't know. I was, yes, Yoda is a TV critic. Yeah. And and I just get so annoyed by this because because it's like, not only is that not true, <laughs> I mean, Emmys do matter, but not on the level of the Oscars, but also these films damn well deserved Oscar nominations. Um, and it's sad to see something like Bad Education, which probably not, maybe not have had an Oscar nomination, but probably would have played really well. There would have been a good campaign for it, for sure. Yeah, and and, the, and then now it's just, um, you know, played for two weeks on HBO, and now everyone's kind of forgotten about it. Uh, I have Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. What's the, what's, the, what's the director, Corey Fidley? Fidley? Feldman or something? Corey? No, I think it's like Corey, <laughs> Corey Feldman directed this. I think it's I was, Corey because like, because he did Thoroughbreds a couple years ago, which I really liked also. Yeah, it's oh, Corey yeah, Finley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, correct. Finley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Corey Finley. I'm glad you mentioned Hugh Jackman because I do think it's I think it's his best like performance as an actor. I think it's pretty yes. spectacular. Um, I have I have a third runner up for each of these, and he was my third what? for this one. <laughs> we might get to that. Yeah. Uh, um, Aaron, who is your runner up for best supporting best actor? Jean Dujardin in Deerskin, a movie I just watched mm. a couple days ago, and I was very happy to. This is the the new um, Quentin Dupieux film. He directed Rubber, about a killer tire, among other movies. Yeah. Uh, his latest film, which is maybe his most accessible as far as it's not weird enough to not be able to follow for the average audience. But Jean Dujardin, who, recall, is an Academy Award-winning actor for The Artist. <laughs> the Artist. He, he, and has done... Very little since then to like say like look how great I am constantly in movies. He's he's in this very small weird little movie called Deerskin, uh, that I, I I think the the reasons he won for the artist are very much evident here in Deerskin as far as what great comic timing he has regardless of how prestigious the film may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I think it's a really a really fun performance that he's giving here as this guy that gets obsessed with his deer skin jacket he buys to say the least mm. yeah i've heard with a that, lot of good things yeah with that alex who is the winner for best actor and the oscar goes to a pick that no one knows about yet winston duke in nine days winston All right. duke. I like winston duke excited to hear uh, about dude, this nine days it played a sundance uh, and I know, I know, I'm not the only one who loves it, and I know I'm not the only one who's been raving about Winston Duke since that premiere. And I would not be hard pressed to say that he is in serious consideration for the actual Oscars next year. Oh. I think he, if they, if they, you know, 
run a good campaign and if they if they actually release it in 2020 for that matter yeah um what's the basic and, premise of this one uh it's based on a religious concept even though that's not really part of the film but the ba- the concept is that it's it takes place in this like um limbo world mm-hmm. and that uh winston duke plays this guy who uh he's like a, he watches over this these people uh, he's like a watches over the souls of people, and uh, he has uh, like ten people he's watching over. One of them passes away, so he has to choose uh, a new soul, which goes into being born as this person. So he interviews, uh, I think it's nine people over nine days of time, hmm. and gets to choose which one, which one of these people, which one of these souls will will be born in reality. Fascinating um, concept. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it is religious like based. A, you can read about it. But, sounds yeah. like a neat neat play on like Wings of Desire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um it's so conceptually beautiful the way they craft the scenes. It's like it's very it's not full on Michelle Gondry style like build stuff out of cardboard, but it's close. It's like build mm-hmm. stuff out of junk level in some scenes. It's really spectacular. Huh. And Winston Duke, I mean, on a whole other level, phenomenal in this. And he he is the the core of it emotionally because he's um i don't want to say too much he's very distant throughout most of it uh but he because he's the the guy interviewing each of these people he's affected by them and and you know you you see it from there so well winston duke gets up he buttons his jacket he is prepared for the moment he walks up on stage they cut to zazzy beats and bill skarsgård his co-stars uh and benedict wong and everyone is cheering him on he gives a very moving speech about how he grew up watching movies and how this is a dream come true. He thanks everybody. Benny Wong he puts both pinkies in his mouth and starts whistling really loud. The whole theater hears it. <laughs> and they're only <laughs> to Benny Wong, and he's just like, uh, he has no hair because he's preparing for another role. Um, and uh, and that's uh, that's how Winston Dick wins his Academy Award. Aaron, who is your winner for Best Actor? It's Delroy Lindo for *The Five Bloods*. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I I think he's fantastic in the movie. It's a well-earned Oscar given his career, but besides that, just the performance in general for this film, I think, uh, is pretty great. So, <laughs> I, I, we've talked about the Five Bloods into a long extent previously on this on this podcast, so I don't need to go too far into it. Right. No, this is this is why I had uh, chose him for the wrong category, is because I, I, other than these two performances I mentioned, he's my other favorite of the year so far for sure. I think I don't I don't know how anyone can watch the Five Bloods and not be blown away by his performance in that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> when they show the clip of Delroy Orlando, uh, for when they're talking about all the five nominees, the crowd gives him a rousing applause. Uh, <laughs> so much so that they basically just cut to him, and he's he has to get up and give a hat tip. Um, and then he wins the Academy Award. He walks up on stage. He's also very well composed. He speaks about how important this film was for him. He gives a shout out to Spike Lee. Spike Lee gets up from his chair, does a full backflip, lands right back in his chair, gives a thumbs up. (laughs) Spike Lee is also wearing a full pink outfit, or I'm sorry, a full purple outfit again. Um, And then he he goes on and thanks the rest of his cast members. He gives a special shout out to Jonathan Majors, who he says is a special young talent coming up, and then he walks off stage. Um I'm really, lo- I'm really loving break. your description. Yeah, that's because he rolled a 17 on the dice. That's why all those things happened. <laughs> <laughs> Strong power move. We then move into the best actress. Alex, who is your runner for best actress? My runner up is uh, Elizabeth Moss from The Invisible Man. Ooh. A film that was probably last. People remember this as probably one of the last films of this on the theater. Yeah. 
one of the last big hits of it because it was it was early February. But yeah, I mean, it was certainly doing its thing. It was making money. Probably the and most Jake, well, probably the most well-reviewed major movie release that came out um, at that point. Mm-hmm. Aaron, who is your best support or best actress nominee? Uh, Nicole Bahari and Miss Juneteenth. Miss Juneteenth, got it. It's also what, heard oh, great things. Yeah, yeah, that movie, like the movie is, it's like it's good, but that's like it, the key is this performance from a person that's kind of like had glory and then got knocked down like several pegs and is trying to do the best for her daughter. Um, mm. So it, it works really well in that regard. Mm. Is this something you actually recommend? Uh, I I don't want to say. People see, but should I see <laughs> Miss Juneteenth? I, I mean, I've I, I've heard good things from a lot of people. I'm just curious what you think, Aaron. Like, yes, I should recommend. I go watch it tonight? I recommend it. I, I think I I think okay. it is a good movie. Okay, Alex, who is your winner for Best Actress this year? Here we go. Uh, my Best Actress, way too early Academy Award goes to. Sai Chin from Lucky Grandma, the uh, 83 year old badass actress from China. She is awesome, and Lucky Grandma is a fantastically wicked but cool film. Yeah. I dig it. She walks up on stage, no cigarette in mouth this time. <laughs> she looks wonderful. Um, she's very, very charming in her speech. She uh, says everything mostly in Mandarin. Is she Cantonese or Mandarin? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know the ins and outs, Alex? <laughs> I, I didn't do no, all my Mandarin. research. Uh... Yeah, she, she's from Shanghai, so she speaks Mandarin. It's lovely. And uh, the thing is, uh, when she's done, she says a very Chinese – she says a, a proverb in Chinese that gets re- sent around the world for the next four days because it's so profound. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> Aaron, who's your winner for Best Actress? <laughs> it, as Alex mentioned, it's Moss for Invisible Man. I, 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 as far as a kind of commanding lead performance in a film like that, and you know, based off just what's available this year so far, um, I, I think that does the job. Like the movie revolves around. It has a very specific take on this Invisible Man story, and it requires a performance that has to be many different kinds of shades, as far as frightened terrified empowered borderline insane like there's a lot going on there so that's that's stands out well everyone knows who elizabeth moss is so everyone's very excited for her but they specifically cut to john ham her co-star from mad men and uh she gets up and she gives a really moving speech about how people should pay more attention to television stars as well um and then she exits the stage and gets her name engraved on the plaque cut to commercial very uneventful win <laughs> I'm, like to, I'm also i'm also running into like the academy Awards thing where like i need to speed things up <laughs> blame the scientologists <laughs> tom cruise is so excited um now we move into uh best director alex billington who is the runner-up for best director my runner-up choice for way too early academy award best director winner is kelly reichardt for ty i have the same Woo! <laughs> I, I I really to spend one minute talking more about this film I really love First Cow and the way she directs it because there's this light like friendliness to it that makes such a difference with it and especially when it gets into the baking part in the middle you're like this film is so happy 
<laughs> and it's not what I expected from it. And I'm not a big Kelly Reichardt fan, to be totally honest with you. And this film just won me over. And I think she deserves that acclaim for the way she handled this story and handled the relationship between the two characters and everything about it. It's just delightful. Aaron, you want to add? I I agree. I, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I mean, there's not, there's not too much to add as far as where this goes because first cow is just really good I, i'd hope that we can have a bigger episode on it someday because i do think the movie is worthy of that discussion i know it comes out on digital in july so you'll have a chance to see it at some okay. point but um only but if you it, serve biscuits to everyone who's listening and oily cakes of course um <laughs> yes but no it's there's just such a with honey there's a reason this movie's rated pg i guess is the best way to put it as far as the kind of mm. sincerity uh that comes with it and how it tells this story um and even the the ending hit me in a way i was not expecting so i mean it just it really works mm. uh and it's very it comes there's a roundaboutness to how this film plays out that i was really surprised by well i, I look yeah. forward to watching it then uh with that alex who's the winner for best director my best director Oscar winner, way too early for this to win, but I'm going to choose it anyway. Shannon Murphy, director of Baby Teeth. Silence. The whole, the whole everyone's just silence. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I love like, Baby Teeth. What is Baby it. Teeth? It just, it just came out um, last yeah. weekend on BOD. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to know more? Yeah, it's an oh, Australian yeah, yeah. film, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> It's her it's her first feature. I just interviewed her too, so I, I know about it. It's her first feature. She worked in theater and television before making this film. Um and again, similar to First Cow, the way she handles the story, the way she she brings this levity to it, uh, and the way she kinda handles all I think it's like four or five main characters in this is just really I told her in the interview because I wanted to dig into this is I found this film to be something like you she directed her fifth or sixth film and yet it's her first oh. and it was really impressive to see that and really really moved me uh, in a lot of ways and I I was desperate to interview her because I just when I when there's a film I love and I I think the person who made it is really talented I'm like I need to speak to you and I want to I just want to do an interview with you because I I think you're awesome, and I want to pick your brain for 15 minutes. Abe, you well, know those, get, yeah, you know those movies that where it's like it's a love story, and the and one of the characters is like not good for the other person, like very clearly. Kind of like off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what this movie is, and it does it really well. I mean, I dig it already. I, I looked at the poster and I read the synopsis, and I'm like, I need to see this movie. Uh, but Shannon gets up, she smooches her husband Daniel. She gets on stage <laughs> with her Australian accent. She's beaming with pride and joy. Um, she is not as uh, crying emotional, but she's like ecstatic emotional. She gives a speech about how people uh, pay attention to Nicole Kidman. It's very funny. She talks about Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe, and nobody ever cares about the directors of Australia. Uh, and here we are. And then we cut to Hugh Jackman, who is very much laughing, and he falls out of his chair, and then she walks off stage. Um, <laughs> Aaron, who's your winner? <laughs> I'll just I'll just say about Baby Tooth. I think Ben Mendelsohn and Essie Davis, who play a mother and father in that film, are very good as well. They didn't quite make my supporting actor yeah. list, oh, yeah. but I mean they're very good anyway. So having them be very good in this movie is not surprising, but it's still effective. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, my best director is Andrew Patterson for The Vast of Night. Oh, ooh. Ooh. We talked uh, about The Vast of Night a few a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think it's such a uh, a fantastic debut. Speaking of debut directorial efforts, yeah, I was gonna I, say like I, this is a guy that just came up 
from like some commercials and that's pretty much it no like film school or anything he comes on with all this confidence and makes a film that i just was really like taken aback by as far as how involved the director seemed to be in every aspect of this film given that it's a low budget movie to begin with and using like a small town as its backdrop it, it just feels so like it feels directed but not in a way where it's like it feels directed in a bad way. It's more like this just feels like there's a, a very clear vision that this, that, that Patterson seems to have. And he brought it to this thing and got right. a bunch of people to work on it with him. And they made something that was very successful. Yeah. And again, because he's a first time director, it's a smattering of polite applause. However, <laughs> the loudest applause. That, that's how things work in the Oscars. A smattering of polite applause. Yeah, as yeah. director. Because they're like, who's this guy? He's only made one movie. <laughs> but again, the loudest applause comes from the balcony where Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz are, and the rest of the cast are, and they're just, like, going wild. He gives a very polite speech about, hey, give first-time filmmakers a shot. Um, but what you don't know is, after the fact, CAA contacts him, and they're like, hey, we'll give you a million dollars signing bonus, and we'll we'll fund your next movie for $15 million, and he signs with CAA. <laughs> we'll give you a million dollars for your next movie, Oscar winner, and that's yeah, it. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's just for him to sign. They're just like, here's a million bucks. Got it. Um, so... Awesome, yeah. We talked about the best tonight, and again, it, it's kind of incredible that he's first-time filmmaker. I think the person who wrote it is also like a first-time. Oh, he also wrote it. Yeah, what am I saying? Uh, so, <laughs> no, yeah. no, he he had screenwriters. He had two, yeah. There's two screenwriters involved. Um, but yeah, not, not a lot of like previous experience as far as right. cinematic movies go. So. Yeah, and and it also on Amazon Prime, it jumps up to number one. Um, because oh, I yeah, want obviously, to take that, my spy. <laughs> Alex Billington, we come to the big uh, award of the evening. Who is your winner for, or who is your runner up for best picture? Um, um, these are two films that, uh, well, uh, this one is one film that hasn't been released yet, and uh, I don't know who will or when you will be able to see it. Um, but my choice for runner up is Berlin Alexanderplatz, which is uh, premiered at the Berlin Film Festival a couple months ago, and it's a German production based on the book originally, which was made into the uh, Fassbender series in the the seventies. I think I was, was. going to say, I was like, isn't that a thing already? Okay, I didn't yeah, know it was a movie. <laughs> no, so they they made a they made a movie. So um, to to explain this, because I need to give context, because everyone's like, what what is this? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know the film Les Misérables uh, last year, it. right? Which yes. Is, yeah, oh yeah, we we, we the, talked about it. we had an episode yeah. on that recently. Like yeah. those cops. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like uh, it's like they they you know inspired from the original book. They kind of tell a a, a racism focused story in modern day France, right? This mm-hmm. is basically the same kind of thing, but for Germany. So it's like inspired by an original old German book from the uh, 1900s, uh, but updated and modernized in modern day Germany and modern day Berlin with a racism focused story. And the story in this is that there's this African guy and. Uh, Having lived in Berlin, I'll tell you a lot of this is completely accurate. Uh, this African immigrant guy who makes it into Berlin and he's living in this like slum um, uh, refugee building and he kind of gets picked up by this German drug dealer and goes into becoming a drug dealer in Berlin. And it's a three hour long epic that feels a lot like City of God in this mm. exploration of his entire life and his ups and downs and, and his failures and successes in Berlin and how he just struggles to survive as a as an immigrant in uh, in the city. And it's I loved it. I thought it was incredible. The German critics absolutely hated it. Mm. Um, but German critics mostly hate German films, so it doesn't surprise me there. <laughs> Um, but it blew me away on a City of God level experience. Oh, wow. 
And this Whether... is just a runner-up. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Uh, Aaron, what attention. is your runner-up for Best Picture? My runner-up is First Cow. First Cow, okay. Yeah. We've, we've talked a lot about First Cow. About I, think, I think First yeah. Cow is pretty great. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of actors and actresses that uh, that we that have been nominated and, and some potentially won. So we talked about it. Uh, Alex, who is moment, your winner for Best Picture? Moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah, the way too early Best Picture winner goes to La La Land. Oh wait, sorry. Um, <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> it's winning again. Oh Warren. <laughs> um. No, my my best picture winner is Nine Days. Uh, we've already talked about it, but I just love this film. Um, and again, a first time filmmaker, and just blew me away. Sundance. I, the reason I picked it is that it's the only film I've seen this year so far that really uh, a new film this year so far that has really like left me in tears with complete like I love everything about this movie feeling. Um, and from like halfway through in the movie when I started breathing so fast because I was so excited and into it to the end moment where you're just like let out this breath of relief of like this was phenomenal. Uh, I, I have nothing critical to say about it except that I wish it was already out because I want to watch it again now. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, See you. Good it's night. Very, it's a very wonderful uh, moment when everyone walks up on stage with uh, Edson Oda. Um, Bill Skarsgård is there. Zazie Beats. Winston Duke is not holding his Oscar because he wants to be respectful. Um, <laughs> and ben- Benedict Wong is also there, not whistling this time, but still head shaven for his next role. He's taking um, his jacket off. He's wearing a really cool vest because he's always yeah. dressing well. Tony Hale comes up on stage and he does his veep thing where he like start, tries to stand kind of close, but then he realizes it's not it's not um, it's not Julia Louis Dreyfus, <laughs> and so he like stands back. Um, and Edson gives this very powerful speech. Uh, in Portuguese about how <laughs> Brazilian film has shaped his life. He talks about City of God. He talks about uh, all these other movies that I don't know about. Um, and then he breaks into a little bit of Japanese because he says, you know, uh, the Japanese movement in into South America, uh, it's been kind of difficult. And he lives two worlds, but he's very proud to represent both worlds. And the, the, oh, the wow. cut, to, cut to a lot of people <laughs> kind of tearing up. Um, and it's very very profound wonderful moment i'm, I'm crying over here <laughs> it's it's a wonderful moment i mean i can't wait to do you you i really cannot wait to see this movie but uh, aaron <laughs> dramatic pause who is your winner for best picture my winner is defy bloods it is a long time coming for spike lee to get to the ultimate level yeah i got very close at black landsman of course um, but I do think the movie, for me, works incredibly well. Um, I think it's a Spike working on all cylinders, as we've talked about in our previous episode. And it has such a... It's it's tapping into a zeitgeist that feels unfortunate that it has to be tapping into, but that's, you know, if if Spike didn't... If, if things change, Spike wouldn't have to keep saying certain messages in his movies, and he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, and this time around, um, he has other issues on his mind as well that I think uh, play well to him being able to be ambitious and explore some new terrain that he hasn't done before, as well as have a way to tie that into things that he's very good at doing. Um, mm-hmm. Add to that several great performances, uh, a lot of other things that we might get into when we get to the other Oscars, way too early Oscars. 
and uh, more. And yeah, you just have what I think is a flat out fantastic film that's wildly entertaining as well as uh, insightful in many ways. Well, everyone knows Spike. And so his applause and his standing ovation goes on for two minutes. He gets on stage <laughs> with everybody on the cast, Deborah Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Melanie Theory, uh, Paul Walter Hauser is there too, Jasper Pacaconan <laughs> can't make it, but uh, he'll he'll give an interview later that praises uh, Spike Lee. Johnny Nguyen is there, and then so is Van Bronca No, who plays uh, Hanoi Hanna. Mm-hmm. He gets on stage. He gives a move. He 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 gives a speech and says it's about damn time. And then <laughs> he gracious. He only speaks for thirty seconds. He gives the 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 mic to Melanie because he wants his actors to be uh, to be uh, highlighted as well. She gives a speech in French. It's very nice. She passes it to Paul Walter Hauser, who gives a speech about it's being unbelievable working on this, and he can't wait to work with more people. He's still starstruck. He then gives it to Van Veronica No and also John Nguyen. They both speak in Vietnamese. It is a very nice moment. Um, this movie has – with the photo of this for Hollywood Reporter after the fact is that it's the most diverse cast photo of the Academy Awards tonight, and it, it's, a, it's a great moment. That sounds Hooray. nice. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really nice. <laughs> with I was that, wondering, has, yeah. has he not – sorry. No, no, please. No, has 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 Spike not won an Oscar? No, he won. He won screenplay. He won screenplay for Black Klansman. Yeah. He's been nominated a couple times. One for Do the Right Thing for screenplay, not for director. Because and I think that he has an honor. Dude, how? He. The more of his movies I watch, I'm like, this is fucking great. How did how do how does he not have like 18 Oscars by now? It is strange, but yeah, he had a screenplay one for Do the Right Thing. He had a best documentary nom for um for Little Girls, and um. And he won an yeah, yes. Then he won an honorary Oscar in 2016 or 17, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, then he hit big with uh, Black Klansman and got for um for uh, the writing. Uh, he won for writing and then other noms for like picture and director. Was he not for director? I think so, right? For which one? For Black. I don't Klansman. know. I don't. Yeah, I don't he feel was, like he was I... up for a nominee for for best directing and best uh, picture. Yeah, and, and also and screenplay. screenplay. He won for screenplay. Yeah, he won for screenplay. I, I, I he forgot was nominated in categories. I assumed he was up for director because that'd be weird, but yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, we've covered the major categories for the way too early Academy Awards. Now I'm going to shift it over. It's going to be more just open. Um, but Alex, what were some other categories that you uh, give awards to? Um, I well, two of them. One is best cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless the Academy has removed this category, which they might do one day. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I mean, to, to to rant for thirty seconds, I can't believe they combined the sound categories. Like yeah, of all things to do, why that? We we had a whole episode about that. <laughs> so. yeah. You know, there is a distinction between the two. Yeah, like it's not like you can just say there isn't. Like, oh my god, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, no, my 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 two choices. My runner up is the trip to Greece. Actually, for cinematography. Yeah, it was. I love. I love that. I, I love the trip to Greece. I'm a huge fan of that series, but I was just surprised. Yeah. But yeah, that. It, I mean, it is a well shot movie. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was. I was watching. I was like, this is better than it should be, and it like a couple of gorgeous shots in it. Um, but my true winner uh, is this. Um, I have to look it up real quick. Uh, the Wild Goose Lake. Ah, uh, I had the screener for this. I never got to watch it. Yeah, I, I forget where it's from. Um. Oh, it's Chinese. Okay, it's Chinese, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it might have been Taiwanese, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a Chinese film. Um, it premiered last year in Cannes, and uh, it's just this like neo noir. It's very 
story-wise, it's very perfectly Chinese neo-noir, where it's just like everyone's a criminal and some dude's on the run and there's a girl who likes him and, well, you know, whatever. But uh, cinematography-wise, it is mind-blowing good because it uses all these like old-school techniques of shadow and light and, and oh, my God, the framing in it is just incredible. Ah, I love it. I love it so much. I, I cannot watch this movie yet. Or no. is it out I don't believe it's out yet. Because uh, okay, be this coming. poster looks yeah, amazing. I'll yeah, see this if my screener, my screener might still work. I'll see if I can still watch it. Let me it know. Give it to you. Let yeah. me know. Yeah. I, this... I thought it's supposed to be out this year. Just don't yeah, know no, it came, no, it came out in like February in, in America. Oh, okay. okay. It, oh, yeah, okay. it came out like, uh, you know, on a limited release and I think maybe on demand, but I know I know it, it did come out, but it came out earlier in the year. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Best in photography. Nice. I like it. That's one of my yeah. favorite categories as well. I had a couple for mm-hmm. cinematography just a shout out but i mean vast of night yeah, yeah. came to mind defied bloods because oh, yeah. it does i mean newton thomas siegel did do a great job of that movie but i wanted to mention gretel and hansel also the oz perkins mm. uh, movie because it 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 to to be successful at like imitating malik in some way like that <laughs> that's impressive to me especially for a genre movie such as this which i thought was okay overall but i did i did like the look quite a bit for that movie yeah so. cool nice um Costume Steve. design is Emma. That that's where I I went there. Like, that's where you went. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Costume I don't because because I'm so generally against like costume period films that get the best costume design. So the fact that this one stood out so much, I think, was impressive enough to be like, yeah, that's sure. Why not? Like it looks, <laughs> it, it looks particularly good. For, like for what we say one? every year, period for pieces Emma. win a lot. Uh, right. Emma. I didn't and have I, a costume. And also uh, the true <laughs> history right. true history of the Kelly Gang. I, I oh, think right. That, I think that one has a, because it's it's set in a certain time period in Australia, and you have to mix like traditional Australian garb when it comes to like the the, the police officers we see in there, the random folks that are living in that you know the kind of uh, desert region, and mm-hmm. just the stuff that that Ned Kelly was wearing because he's uh, quite the character and he wore different kinds of things, um, and that they having to kind of construct costumes to fit for that and fit for yeah. that kind of history. I think was effective. Essie Davis is in that movie. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, Australia yeah. is doing good for people this year. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we heard from the uh, from Alex's uh, best uh, director that she she wanted to highlight Australia film. So there's a there's a category that our friends at the Battleship Retention podcast have where it's um the um, Bruce McGill Award for best performance under 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, but that's in reference to Bruce McGill and The Insider because he's fantastic in that movie, um, and he's only in it for like so long. Russell Crowe is almost that like right there. He's in it for just over 15 minutes, so it doesn't quite count. But he has in such true a great history of the Kelly Gang. Yes, he has okay. such a great like minimal performance in that movie where I'm like, where's this guy? This guy's yeah. great. Like I miss this Russell Crowe where he just come in and slay scenes like this. Right. It's almost like a uh, uh, a what you call it, uh, a Colin Farrell in Finding Neverland, where it's like this is the best part of the movie. You mean Saving Mr. Banks? Saving Mr. Banks, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can I can understand confusing those two. <laughs> I get where you're coming <laughs> from with that. <laughs> uh, Alex, did you have any more categories or uh, Aaron? Did you have uh, more categories? Yeah, I only have two more quick ones. Yeah, hit it. Um, uh, first off, my best foreign film is the the Swedish Georgian produ- production, and then we danced, um, which is fantastic as well. Uh, and then my other two I have to name in um, the category of best documentary, mm-hmm. uh, because of all films I've seen, I've probably seen more documentaries than I have features from this year. 
Um, but my runner-up is the Truffle Hunters, which is what do this... they do? I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's about the dogs who hunt for truffles in in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cool because it's just this like incredible static shots, like uh, uh, not all static, but they put the camera somewhere and they just like let it play for you know five minutes. Or there's a couple POV shots where they put a camera on a dog's nose and it follows it around. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I love the truffle hunters. And then my my winner for best documentary, which I think is a, a half a political choice and half a it damn well deserves it choice, is um, Slay the Dragon. Which oh, is this, okay. Uh, yeah, you might have seen it, Aaron. It's about um, gerrymandering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really. It's not like an informational doc. Like this is what gerrymandering is. It's actually a film about a movement in I think it was Wisconsin or Michigan. No, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. And it's about this like movement focusing on one woman who kind of spearheads it all. She's this like young 20 something woman who who creates this movement and spoiler i think they get all the way to the end and they freaking win and so it's not really a film about gerrymandering like oh here's why it's bad it's a film about how to tackle the problem of gerrymandering and um i actually think this film is more exciting and engaging to watch than the aoc doc from last year Hmm. um so they're very similar in that they're kind of like hey here's an here's an underdog side candidate that we're going to have and follow around as they try to create a movement uh, and, a, and a political um, uh, uprising, so to say, and they succeed in doing so. And you watch this happen and you're like, this is incredible. And that the fact that the documentary filmmakers could follow these people in these moments and capture this is what makes it so incredible to watch. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> If you if you really feel the need to get into a political documentary, watch Slay the Dragon. It's also well, I remember that you also had one where you talked about where like the kids go to Washington and it quickly devolves. Um, so there's been it seems like a lot of political documentaries this year. Uh, you might be talking about Boy State. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's still due sometime this year. <laughs> it was supposed to. It's another one of these like it was supposed to be out this summer and now we don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> right. Um, the doc I had was the Painter and the Thief. Yeah. Uh, right. I think that one uh, works quite well. And that, that's another one where the ending shot of that movie uh, got me. <laughs> where it's like, it's yeah. wonderful. Um, best sound, The Invisible Man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. The sound is highly important in that film, and I think it, it's pretty great for how it does it. Um, a shout-out to Best Makeup and Hairstyling for Color Out of Space. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yep, get some um, Lovecraftian love in here uh-huh. <laughs> nicholas nicholas cage and co um uh, what's his name surprisingly Richard. he follows the winner out onto the stage yeah <laughs> um were there other ones that i had that i really need to make mention of i mean there's just, there's just i just saw all these categories and listed films that these kind of qualify because <laughs> like i looked at animated film like well i guess onward but that's by default so it's like all right and it's yeah. probably still gonna happen anyway i don't know it'll go to like soul or something better well, um yeah that's it. We don't dislike Onward. It's just more like, I know there's other animated films that I'm interested in seeing this year, including the other Pixar movie that's going to pro- probably be like this better. one in time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, well, yeah, but there's also, there's this and what, like Scoob? And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, like Superman Red Sun, which went straight to video? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, Onward wins. Like, it's a good movie. It's just like, yeah, for Midway Awards, it's not really exciting in the uh-huh. animated field. I will, I will um, 
speaking of animated, I will mention. I actually think this is. A, I, mark my words. I already tweeted this, so I'm not at risk of being shamed here. But I'm pretty damn sure this will win the actual Oscar next year, unless something else screws with it. Um, but there's a, an animated short film that I watched recently called To Gerard. <laughs> Have you guys heard of this? No. no. Um, it's uh, it's the new short film made by DreamWorks Animation, strangely enough. Ooh. Uh, and DWA. it's playing, yeah, it's playing at Annecy, which is where I saw it online on their their system. It's only seven minutes, and it's this it's a film that I would say is the the sh- the animated shorts that Pixar used to make. It's that film, oh. um, and it's just really lovely and beautiful, and made me cry. And I've watched it two times already, and I'll probably watch it a third time tonight. Uh, and I am for sure 100% to the best of my guess that it's going to win the actual oscar next year unless something else comes out and and messes with it but like the moment i saw it i was like this is this is like you know the moment you watch hair love and you're like this is gonna win just because it needs to win this is the i watched this and i was like this this needs to win and i expect it to hair love was my my, like third favorite of the shorts last year but um (laughs) yeah no i know but i but i mean like honestly i was like okay i didn't love it but it's gonna win yeah (laughs) Put put it that way well if there's one thing I know, it's that if you can predict something six months in advance, you're probably definitely right. Um, <laughs> did you have, like, I was trying to think of, like, were there any big scores that I really like? Because I couldn't think of any. That's the one I have blank. I couldn't think of any scores. I'm like, man, this is a great score for this movie. And that's more from just not, like, having time to listen to a bunch of scores again over not yeah. appreciating the music. Yeah. So. Well, most of the scores that have been in stuff this year have been I didn't like. I did not like the the five blood score at all. Well, it's, it's not the, my it's, it's usually not, my guy. It's not my it's not my favorite Terrence Blanchard. Like so, I didn't put it down there. Yeah. Like I I don't think it's bad, but I was it's not like I I watched Black Klansman again the other day and I was like God this score rocks. Like I really like this score and I'm happy yeah. he got nominated for that one. Right. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know what. I mean, nothing stands. For, my my way of usually checking is like I'll check my iTunes to see what I bought. <laughs> But I haven't bought anything. No, since I did that too. No, I, I literally so. did that. I went to iTunes. I'm like, yeah. okay, 2020. What do I have here? Oh, nothing. Okay, that <laughs> didn't help. Yeah, my my last purchase was 1917. <laughs> so uh, and then of course I oh, bought last, Wendy. 1917. Uh, the, the last score I bought on, no, on just, iTunes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I bought Wendy too, which I love, but it's not. Um, it's, I I still like Beasts of the Southern Wild more. Yeah, that is a great score. I I, I've yet to see Wendy. I really want to see Wendy too. It's very what everything what everyone has said about it is true, which I hate to admit because I didn't want to admit it when I first saw it, which is that like it loses its uh, magic after the first 45 minutes and then there's another hour. And uh, yeah, I think that kind of killed it. Like it just like no one no one wants to like get everyone excited about it because it's like, yeah, (laughs) like it's Peter Pan. You know what happens? There's a hook and there's. (laughs) Some kids. Yeah, an alligator. Yeah, and an island. And, you know, flying and fairy dust. Well, I wish it was Robin Williams, but no. <laughs> yeah, he shows up wearing hey, brown. <laughs> if you ever do a hook appreciation episode, I'm. Yeah, that will, that, it. Clearly, that'll never happen, Alex. Yeah, Aaron so. hates it. I love it. What? <laughs> yeah. We're on okay, different sides here. Abe, and, Abe, you and I are going to do our own. Let thing. me hold on. Abe, I love it. What does that mean? You've seen it once since the 90s, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's great. I, I just watched it like three months ago. <laughs> Hook is great, man. I don't know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> it's bottom Spielberg. That means it's better than most films ever made. 
Yeah, it's a I bad mean, these year. kids are eating imaginary foods that's going to give them, uh, that are like hyperglycemic, that's going to give them diabetes. That was an amazing moment. I've always dreamt of having my food fight I like that. I mean, they're it. not. They're going to starve to death because all that food's imaginary, and they're just poor children that have nothing to live on. When was the last time you went to Never Never Land? It's called Neverland. Never so, Never Everland. I mean, so never is my answer to that question. So then you have no ability to crit. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this, we'll we'll have our hook appreciation. Yeah. You got me. The fictional move, the fictional land that doesn't exist. I can't comment on. You can't. You can't be critical <laughs> of fictional food in a fictional land with fictional characters. I, but I just was, so I defy your point. Uh, <laughs> shenanigans, man. Shenanigans. Yeah. Well, first start. There's right our hook appreciation podcast right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was were there like, any ah. other categories you guys want to hit up? Well, was there an honorary Oscar? Yeah. Did you guys have any? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Best cow goes to first cow. I will follow up and agree with you on that. Yep. And she, she, this cow better come on stage and get milked or something. I don't know. <laughs> They actually go to they go to a live feed of this cow and the farmer who owns her, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, hijinks ensue. And then everyone gets oily biscuits because that's what they made from the cow. Right. <laughs> I, I might go buy some biscuits today. That's all I wanted at that movie, man. Oh, oily biscuits. Um, oily, oily cakes, I think it's called, right? Oily cakes, yep. Come back oh, tomorrow. They, they look so good. <laughs> Well, with all that, uh, were there any other categories? Uh, if not, then uh, I'll, I'll uh, describe how the show's closed out. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. So, yeah, Steve Martin can get on stage and do his tight five if he wants to before we uh, close the it's actually It's actually the three amigos. They all come out on stage. Even so, Chevy? Yeah, even Chevy. People are kind of, like, booing him, but they kind of <laughs> they they socially distance away from, like, Martin and Steve are tight. So they kind of, like, there's, like, if you look at a still photo, there's, like, a two foot window between Steve Martin who's in the middle, Martin Short who's on Steve's left, and then Chevy is like two feet away on the right. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> can I can I invent a category? Of course. <laughs> sure. It doesn't exactly it doesn't really exist. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a a um a uh a Golden Globes <laughs> category to the Oscars and really piss people off. Best <laughs> best musical or comedy no, I have to take a moment to mention Palm Springs. The um, Andy Samberg one time loop sci-fi romantic comedy. It's I love this movie. I've and chosen I, not to mention. I, I've chosen not to mention it because it comes out in July. So I, I made a I made a clear delineation in films that I've seen that I know are coming out later. Uh, okay, that, but that's that's me. You do whatever you want. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, There's no rules here. Have you seen go, it though? We're gonna talk about that movie. Yes, I have seen it. Okay. So I, I well, there's, there's there's a there's a few movies I've seen that do not come that I know are do have a, a firm release date that I'm purposely not mentioning. Okay. You could have. I wouldn't have been mad. No, I just I, that's a, it's just a rule for myself. That's all. Okay. I just didn't know where to put it. I was like, well, it's not really a Oscar film, but I want to give it an Oscar. You could get like that <laughs> weird screenplay nod if it wanted if they if they really campaigned and when they went for it. I no, I I like the new category that Alex made for the Academy Awards of Best Movie Comedy. It's also just because the Academy always shames and screws over comedies and musicals. Not not musicals, but comedies and or horror. And both of these need more time in the Oscar spotlight. Yeah, but that's why it would be like in that Spike Jones Gondry screenplay category where it's like if for some reason it got there, it could get there. I wouldn't expect yeah. that for this this film just based off 
yeah it being you know it, that'd be like saying brigsby bear should get an oscar it's like i love yeah! brigsby bear, but it's not but it's not gonna get there it's like it's like, <laughs> too bad it's like, too they're both lonely islands classics so yeah you're right brigsby bear should have been there that would have been so fun. They could have brought Briggsby Bear on stage, and he would have told everyone things. And then could have cut to a shot of the audience of Greg Kinnear being both like really excited, but also downplaying it because he's that being good in that movie. And Mark Hamill can record some video clip because he doesn't want to go to the show. And he'll, oh yeah, you know, they they bring down a screen that has him as like the giant thing that he voices or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the sun, right? Yeah, the sun. I think. Yeah. Right. In conclusion, Briggsby Bear is great. <laughs> you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, that concludes uh, this uh, way too early Oscars then. Thanks for attending, and the credits roll. Party, party at my house after. There's no yes, host. Yeah, so that's it's just... actually it's also the Vanity Fair party. So Alex is hosting it this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, he's got the best gift bags. But no, I think that that was good. I, I'm I'm happy to hear the the choices you had, Alex, and I, I think that's a fun way to kind of sum up some of the things that are um, on both of our ends as far as like things that are that have been out or also are coming out that are worthwhile for sure. Like I still really want to see wild goose lake. Um, like that, that's one been one that's been on my screener list for quite a while now. Um, but you know, there's a lot of movies I think that are certainly deserve attention and we'll kind of see how that shakes out. I'll be very curious how a lot of that shakes out as far as movies that did premiere at film festivals or whatnot. And if they can find a, you know, a release pattern that works in their favor, because we've been seeing that over the past several weeks, months now at this point, as far as, smaller films that have no choice but to get released this way, even if that was always going to be the plan anyway. But how do you build attention for some of these movies? Uh, I'll be curious to see how that all plays out in the the long run. Did you guys already talk about in another episode that the whole edition of the um, February deadline, like uh, the the strange possibility of a film premiering next January still being in contention for this year's Oscars? So, So we did our Academy Awards based episode bef- before yeah we did that uh, about the rules uh, when they when they announced like the sound category change and the 10 nominees slot but we right. didn't we talked we did that before the oscars announced that they'd be shifting to april so like we, we don't mm-hmm. have we don't have an updated version of that conversation yet yeah. yes it is this a little... might serve as it <laughs> <laughs> to some degree well, yeah, yeah. yeah no it's just, and it's also, just so... this gives us this gives aaron and i more time to make our movie to submit exactly yeah <laughs> go uh, for it yeah it's just it's just such a strange thing like everything else I'm like okay I can see why they're doing this with the rules but what like the, and no one knows how it works other than the intention to release which was the a rule for VOD or something right and it's like what like so I, I made the joke on Twitter it was it was a joke but it's also serious which is like a movie could premiere at Sundance 2021 and open in February and still be in the running and it's just like it's just so weird. I, I don't know how extra two months in the next year are supposed to solve this year's problem. but uh, I don't think it does think at it all. Is. I think it's a pretty lean yeah. decision, honestly. I don't, I don't even think they should have shifted the date of the Oscars. It's like, you just you deal with it how you deal with it. It's like, it's just yeah, it because, what it is. Like, yeah, because it's like hopefully what happened, at the end of the year. Because we'll what happens in the years films. to come, too, right? Like that's, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, weird exactly. to me. It's like, are we just shifting everything now? Because of like there's a lot of just responses to this that feel like, they don't know what they're doing and they're making like the the fourth best choice when it's like there's some clear like things you could do just make it easy on yourself yeah Yeah. i mean you could do what we did we just had a really great oscars here yeah exactly like it probably was pretty great you know like when i listen back to it i'm gonna i'm gonna feel all these warm fuzzies well thank you Wade, for putting this all together this is a very elaborate show i like the scenery the chandelier particular seemed very expensive but also very fitting 
Um, oh, also, I forgot to mention, everyone's main course tonight was uh, your choice of chicken uh, or fish. Um, no vegetarian and, options. Risky. The vegetarian mm-hmm, option was, yeah. and we also had a vegan option as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it's a full nine. You know, Alex, uh, your tuxedo, you can keep it. Uh, Aaron, um, your limo is uh, on the house. Right, well, but well, mine's now. not. What? <laughs> uh, you know, your flight was comped. Uh, for, to fly from Germany. <laughs> Damn well hope so. I love that movie, Defy from Germany. <laughs> it's controversial because of all the landmines in the airplane. <laughs> That's a movie that who should make. Landmines in the airplane? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's it. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and you can find all of my work at my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing at We Live Entertainment and Blue Reviews over at whysoblue.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4, Abe. I'm more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag way too early Oscars. Alex Billington, where can people find more of your work online? I'm at first showing, for showing, and at first showing. <laughs> Simple enough. <laughs> uh, Anywhere, well, just, t- just type it in somewhere and it'll work. Great. Feel free to find more episodes of Out Now Thurnity over on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, or HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know the films you think should win way too early Academy Awards. Or you can write us on Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, our Instagram page where you can find all these speeches in full, probably quotation marks, at, out, uh, at Instagram.com slash underscore podcast. And, uh, yeah, once again, hit us up on uh, iTunes as well. Give us those ratings and reviews. That'd be very much appreciated. Thank you. Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, us. Alex. Thank you for inviting me and flying me all the way over there. It was wonderful. Yeah. For sure. We were happy to have you. <laughs> I was I was happy to be there. <laughs> And, uh, thank you, the yeah. Academy of Aaron and Abe. <laughs> oh, we should well, definitely thank the Academy because you know we don't want to get sued. Yeah, I will. Not, I will not thank all the foreign press just to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Until next time, so long. And goodbye. The Academy Award for Good Times goes to you. Yeah, the Academy.